be a hot day for a football game. Will be a good day for a football game. Dude, I think it's perfect weather for a football game. Hydration, hydration, hydration. Yeah. That's the motto that we use on this show. Indeed. <laughs> so Hamp and OB. I could tell the minute I walked in the door that Hamp and OB return. Mm-hmm. Those sides of beef that we have <laughs> hanging out in the hallway. <laughs> Is that why it was a little cooler in the hallway there? A little there? cooler, yeah. yeah. That's the gauntlet you have to run to come into the studio. <laughs> yeah. It's not just uh, you know for to punch like Rocky did <laughs> in the movies. That's actually what they eat during the game. Yeah, raw. No cooking. So are you excited? Yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, 10.30 you know, this morning. 10.30 this morning. And, then, and then 6.30 tonight after the game, we'll be back with uh, with post game. But yeah, this is a, a why different... Are they, why are they on so early? Uh, is the game at 3.30? Yeah, there's... Uh, I think we're, we're carrying some we baseball. Yeah, we're carrying some baseball oh, today. Because okay. um, I'd be happy to come in and fill the time if you need me to. Well, that'd be great. I think that, uh, I think that you know, Hamp, OB, Andy, Dean... It's not too crowded. I think wow. there's enough mics in there. One of these things is not <laughs> like the other. <laughs> yeah, but this is going to be a different kind of year. I mean, there's there's actual feelings of uh, of turning things around a little bit. I mean, I'm not thinking playoffs or anything at this point, but should should be a, a better than three win season. You would I, hope. I'm curious about the new quarterback for Green Bay. Yeah, Jordan Love gets his opportunity after uh, kind of being the understudy of Aaron Rodgers for as long as he was around. Yeah. And it's weird to think that from 1992 through 2000 and what 22, there were two different quarterbacks that started for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I think there were like 60 for the Bears. <laughs> and uh, Justin Fields, of course. Yeah, uh, they got him some weapons. Got him a couple of uh, a, a wide receiver for sure from uh, the trade with Carolina, DJ Moore. Uh, different, uh, different running back, uh, Khalil Herbert, will make the start today. Uh, gone is David Montgomery. He went to the Lions and scored a touchdown on Thursday Night Football. But uh, the defense should be a lot stronger as well, especially on that front line. So uh, it's going to be fun to hear what they what they think about some of the offseason moves. We were together for the draft show, uh, and that's the last time we were uh, together talking Bears. Yep. Producer Jack has a, a Fields uh, football jersey on today. It's good. He's the only one in the spirit of the thing today. I've got my greatest of all time shirt on with Walter Payton. On. Very clever oh, logo yeah. on that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Me and Andy are ready. I'm ready to go. I got I got a Bears hat in my bag. Yeah. I'm ready to Bear go. Bear down. Yeah. Schwanny and I are wearing Barbie Halloween costumes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pink the pink is really nice. Though. Thank it, you. It brightens up the room. I won't tell you which one of us is Ken. <laughs> I'm gonna have to guess that. I love that song. Twenty asked me why I'm playing that song. Yeah, hey Dean, why are you playing this song? Because this was the number one song twenty nine years ago today. That's well, why. Golly, what happened twenty nine years ago today? <laughs> you are almost like you we are, rehearsed. You are the worst actor ever. <laughs> well, golly, it wasn't twenty nine years ago today, but twenty nine years ago yesterday. I did my very first show on WGN. It's my anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> okay. You're one of the worst singers I ever heard, too. Thank you so much. Besides Boy, we're worth... starting off on such a nice... Want to hear some of that first show? Oh, that'd be great. Uh, I was my first... You didn't ask me. <laughs> you didn't respond. I threw the question out there. You didn't respond. Sure, go ahead. I am curious to hear it. Uh, I was my f- very first show. I filled in for Roy Leonard, who was on in the evening then. And uh, Judy Pilak, remember Judy? Oh Pilak? yeah, sure. She was the news person. She had just come back from maternity leave. Uh, it was a crazy night. We had uh, uh, Mayor Byrne was on the show because there was a mayoral election that was going on. We had a couple of candidates. Uh, uh, who were running for mayor. There was a terrible plane crash uh, that night that we covered. We had breaking news, the whole deal. But uh, this is what it sounded like my very first time on uh, the WGN. And here we go. Okay. So there was nothing dead air. to hear. There was dead air. <laughs> I don't know why this isn't working. <laughs> uh. 
Turn on the uh, reel-to-reel tape recorder. That's a, you know what? If we had a reel-to-reel tape recorder, and we're running this off of some, like a floppy disk or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. We really are. I don't know why it's not working. Oh, well. Oh, well. Call producer Jack. I don't know what the, the deal is. Well, you'll have to. I think that's uh, above my pay grade. Oh, it is? Okay. I don't know what. I have no idea. Oh, here we go. We're trying to resolve this right now. <laughs> so, Andy, who's going to win today? Can you hear the buttons being pushed? I'm happy to be back. Oh, at work there it is. Away from crying babies and here we go. Wait, here we go. Listen. It's currently 75 degrees at O'Hare, 76 at Midway, 77 degrees along the lakefront. Humidity 58 percent. Wind southwest, ago eight miles today. an hour. The barometer steady at 30.06. Well, first of all, Judy, I, I think we uh, sort of should welcome you back. Also, right? Because Thank you, yes. you re- recently back what from, a night to start. from maternity leave. <laughs> what a night for both of us to be yeah. starting and kind of getting our, our feet uh, wet. Now, you were gone for how long on, on maternity just, leave? Just five months or so. Oh, just maybe a happy year <laughs> or Seems so. Seems like yesterday to everyone here in the newsroom, I'll tell you. Now, can you give us all the details on uh, boy, girl? Boy. I, I, mean, I know many of, much, much of this has been discussed uh, over, yes, over just and to over and bring over, me huh? up to date. But, mm-hmm. I had uh, a boy, Conlon. Yeah, and? Conlon Townsend. And how was it? It was, uh, it was very motherhood, painful, everything that you expected? Usual. Oh, yeah. yes. I'm very realistic when it comes to that. So the drugs actually, help. Actually, you're quite happy to be back at work then, to be um, away from crying babies and nice. dirty diapers. And, exactly, yeah. 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 Well, it's good to see you. Good to meet you. you. And uh, it's great to be here as well. Uh, some of you, I guess, uh, remember me from uh, a radio station or two around Chicago. Uh, WFYR was uh, a station where I, I spent five years in WCLR and WIND. All stations now gone. That's not a good sign for what's. Uh, I sound what so young and perky, don't I? <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> That's when I still uh, cared about things. Have, you mentioned uh, WIND. I didn't know you did. I was at WIND. You were a short time. And, uh, but I didn't mention. I don't think I mentioned WCFL. No, you didn't. Was, did I, was I embarrassed about that? WNUA. And I got to tell you, oh, this I don't know why. WNUA. And someplace I've always wanted to be. Uh, the great people here uh, behind the scenes, all the great people that yeah, you know blah, on blah, the blah, air. Blah, 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 <laughs> Boy, you sound so lively, yeah, energetic. Man. Yeah, hey, let's do a show. <laughs> Dean Richards with you. <laughs> what happened? What happened to me, Schwanny? I don't know. I don't know. Don't blame it on me. <clears throat> don't blame it on me. Don't blame it on me. <laughs> I'm not going to blame it on you. Now, you, you, how, long are you, how long are you here, Schwanny? Today? Not today. Oh, a year. <laughs> today. This time. Today. Well, we got here about three in the morning. I today. first. No, I was first here in uh, the end of 1986 through oh. 91. Oh, wow. And then came back in 2005. So right. this time around 18 years. About that. Yeah. Andy, you've been here a long time. Yeah, first time and around. Two, two, two uh, chunks also. Yeah, 1999, January of 1999, two days after I started, Michael Jordan retired. So that was one of the first things I covered uh, at the uh, United Center. Crazy. And I left uh, in February of 07, came back in March of 14. Hmm. Well, here we are. We're all here together. Here we are on our little Sunday morning get-together once again. A little mini-show today because uh, Hamp and OB will be here at 1030. And... uh, I think I could... I'm going to break some sort of speed record because... In uh, like in two minutes' time, I have to clear out of the studio and get ready. Hamp and Ob come in, yeah, and I got to get all my stuff out of here, and you got to get your all your stuff, right? Because Andy uh, moderates uh, Hamp and Ob, and uh, so it's going to be. It's it's always interesting to see yeah. if we're going to make it or not. They they love you though, <laughs> so they're not going to they're not going to knock you over or anything. They, they they both love you. Yeah, I love them too. They're good guys. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, the season. Listen, l- looking forward to hearing them. Uh, that's part. Of, I mean, really, that to me, that's part of the fun, regardless of what happens on the field. Yeah, uh, just hearing Hamp and Ob <laughs> react to it. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's win, lose, or tie. It's the same kind of a same kind of a thing yeah. because there's there's that. always something that uh, that that could have been done better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, anniversaries and such, tomorrow is the September 11th, one of the most grim days in the history of the United States. 
the attack on the World Trade Center, on the Pentagon, and uh, the uh, that field in Pennsylvania where three planes went down, killing thousands of Americans. Uh, well, there'll be plenty of remembrances tomorrow, but I wanted to share a conversation uh, that Carol Marine had. She's been on the show with us many times talking about this, and she always mentions to me that it's difficult for her to talk about it. So we're just going to play a recording of Carol, who was in New York when the towers were going down. Instead of running away from uh, the chaos, Carol Marine, the reporter, was running into the chaos, and she described everything that was happening to her then. Next, the... Uh 22nd anniversary of the events that took place tomorrow in Washington, D.C., in Pennsylvania, the attack on the United States on September 11th. Uh, We all have stories remembering where we were exactly when we learned the news, when we saw what was going on. I was here at WGN uh, back in the office. We were, you know, watching the news and I was listening to... Um, Spike O'Dell, uh, as this story was uh, unfolding, I, I, I know that everybody's got their own story uh, for the horror that took place while this was all happening. Our pal Carol Marine, who at the time was uh, doing work at uh, the 60 Minutes office in New York when the story broke out, uh, dropped everything she was doing and ran toward the World Trade Center to report on this breaking story that was going on, this horrific story. And uh, as she has done many times with us live on this program, uh, she recounted what happened. Uh, Later, she went on the CBS Evening News with Dan Rather, covered in uh, debris and dust and the the remnants of the, the building, explaining what happened but i wanted to just share because it's i think extremely poignant to listen once again to carol herself describing september 11 2001 into the first tower i thought maybe this is just a little cessna that got lost and it was an accident when the second plane went into the second tower it was clear something was terribly wrong as i approached the twin towers all of a sudden the first tower it was like it, it melted right before my eyes. It just, it toppled. And everywhere people just screamed. I was in New York that day because I was working as a correspondent for CBS News out of the 60 Minutes offices. And I ran down there. It was a matter of hours later when I had gone full circle after the collapse of both buildings and sat down on the set with Dan Rather. Dan, I think I was in the second collapse or uh, an explosion right after that because I was trying to make my way around Stuyvesant High School. And I showed my press ID and a firefighter said to me, look, walk in the middle of the street because there might still be falling debris. And then all of a sudden we felt the ground rumble and I saw a bull, just a ball of flame come out of the base of the second tower uh, like it, like gasoline had ignited and and the firefighters turned around he and others screamed run and I ran Uh, I fell one of them picked me up we ran as fast as we could and that firefighter again took me threw me against the wall of a of another building where there was like a granite or, or marble overhang and covered me with his body to the point where I could feel his heart beating so hard it was hitting my backbone and we waited my deepest regret is when it first happened when I made that first just bolt to survive and that firefighter saved me that I didn't have the presence of mind to say tell me your name I hope he's alive I wish I could thank him you know, I resolve every couple of years, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. But I feel guilty about talking about it in the sense that I was the one saved. I wasn't the one who saved anybody. And um, I always have a fear of exploiting this as opposed to simply explaining what I saw that day. But I don't dwell on it. And I think that in this country, 
our job is to learn from the past, never forget the past, but, you know, look ahead uh, more than we look behind if we can. I've been asked, if, if something like this happened again, what would you do? And my response is, I do the same thing because this is what we do. This is what I am. I'm a reporter. My job is um, one of telling stories, and I would want to be there to tell it. Yeah, one of the many reasons that I have so much love and respect for Carol Marine. Um, Shwani, I mean, you, you obviously must have memories uh, also. We all do, right? Oh, absolutely. Exactly yes. where we were yeah. when vivid this was going on. In 22 yep. years of on now, you, the memory is still very, very vivid. Yeah. I was over at Illinois Radio Network uh, as morning anchor there and had just finished an update at uh, 45 past the hour. And uh, got done, and our sports anchor said, something just happened in New York. And uh, then a, a short time later, of course, the second tower was hit. Uh, just absolute confusion, chaos, and very, very frightening. Yep. Um, very poignant to hear Carol's words. Yes, and to, yes. To reminisce about all of that. Now, did she ever find out the name of the firefighter? Don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think she ever did. Um, all right. Well, in the transition of the century, let's go to the far-flung forecast if there's something so serious. I hope you have something lighter for us today. Actually, it ties right in with what we've been talking oh, about great. here for the past 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, great. Um, Here's the far-flung forecast. forecast. Today we go to Cranberry, New Jersey, and it's spelled C-R-A-N-B-U-R-Y. Cranberry, Cranberry, New Jersey. Look at you, fancy pants. It goes back to 1698, the earliest evidence of buildings uh, built in the area there. There was a home there that was used by Alexander Hamilton. No, the musical wasn't written yet. And also uh, visited by General George Washington in 1778. But we mention Cranberry, New Jersey today because this was the residence of one Todd Beamer, who was aboard Flight 93. He and his family lived in Cranberry, New Jersey, uh, and uh, 22 years ago today, he was preparing to fly to San Francisco on business, but was aboard Flight 93, leaving Newark, New Jersey. And uh, we all know that uh, he and his uh, comrades aboard uh, Flight 93 were the ones that uh, fought back fought back, and defeated yeah. another attack. Uh, this one going to uh, Washington, D.C., and the plane ultimately crashed outside of Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Yeah. But Cranberry, New Jersey, well, they have rain today. It's 73 in Cranberry. Our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern's Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning to you, my friend. Good morning, Dean. Don't you just love this fall weather? It is crisp. It's invigorating. (laughs) It feels good. I love it. Uh, let's start start off with just a quick update on the uh, COVID uh, booster, the vaccine that uh, I guess it could get approval any day now, right? Exactly. We expect approval probably on Tuesday. Um, Production has already been pretty much completed, so it'll ship immediately afterwards. So if it gets approved by Tuesday, you'll start seeing shots in the arm probably by the end of the week uh, this week. So um, we do not expect any hiccup. They're just waiting for a little bit more of a couple pieces of information, but it certainly appears like it's not only to be effective, um, but will be available very soon. And this is uh, something that everybody should take, depending on when you got your last booster shot, right? Absolutely. You know, we're seeing COVID cases rise. And again, I'm not going to be an alarmist. We're not seeing hospital. We're seeing hospitalizations increase, but we're not seeing it to the point we saw in the past. But this is going to be very similar to influenza. So certainly, I strongly recommend it because, you know, with influenza, you feel terrible for 10 days, fever, body aches, that COVID, you're going to have somewhat similar symptoms, but we also run that risk of long COVID, which we don't see a long influenza. So certainly I would say to people, get the opportunity to uh, get vaccinated, protect yourself, and let's try to at least limit the the spread of uh, 
both influenza and COVID this fall. Yeah. Now, with COVID being much less severe than it was then in the beginning, are people still losing their taste and smell? Are people still having some of the other effects that came along with COVID, or is that also subsided? Well, it hasn't totally subsided, but it's certainly much more rare than we saw initially. If you remember when the COVID first came out, someone said, I lost my taste of smell. We we're like, all right, you have COVID. Certainly, we're seeing some of those cases, but extremely rare right now. And mainly because we have great immune system already. Many of us have either had COVID or had um, vaccines for it. So it hasn't had the opportunity to continue to multiply and cause damage in that olfactory nerve when in the past we had no immunity, no natural immunity, no vaccine immunity. So the virus just kind of ran rampant. And that's what caused that loss of taste and smell was that inflammation and damage to that olfactory nerve. Now with some protection, we're seeing much less of that occurring. Yeah, just a little bit of a follow-up on that particular question. Dave, you're on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most. Thanks for taking the call. Um, Dr. Most, my wife and I recently contracted COVID for the first time, and we've been really careful, and we're vaxxed and boosted, and I've lost my sense of taste and smell. Do you have any tips on how to recover that? Dave, I wish I had the golden ticket for you because, boy, I could be sitting in the Bahamas right now. But unfortunately, we know so little about nerve damage, especially with this uh, virus and what damage it does to the olfactory nerve. Now, a lot of people are only going to have that for a short period of time and it has gotten back to normal. Some people have it where it's going to be more chronic and you're going to start to get it back slowly. But we can't repair nerves with a medication, so we have to hope that the inflammation drops down and that that olfactory nerve, again, starts to regenerate. So uh, my thoughts are with you, but I wish I had to say, hey, take X, Y, Z, and you'll be better by tomorrow. But uh, unfortunately, we don't have that yet. About how long does it last? Well, it varies in person to person, and it often was based on how bad the infection was. People got a bad infection, the more damage was done to that nerve. People now who have mild infection, and to Dave's point, someone who's been fully vaccinated has a great immune system, so I'm hoping that he'll bounce back here shortly within a month or so where those symptoms are gone or at least resolving. All right. I wanted to uh, just move on to the story that came out this week about Bruce Springsteen, who uh, canceled his concert tour for the month of September because of peptic ulcers. How common is it? What is it exactly? Talk to us a little about peptic ulcers. Yeah, Dean, you know, we're, the, the body's just amazing. And when you look at our stomach, if I told you that one of the strongest acids that we know sits in our stomach all day long, you'd be like, you're crazy. But it's true. The pH of our stomach gets down anywhere from one to three, with the uh, acid being anywhere from zero to seven. So certainly we have this acid in our stomach. But the lining of our stomach, as well as making some chemicals that neutralize those acids, protect the lining of the stomach. Now, some people will get an infection called H. pylori, which is a bacterial infection, which causes damage, and then you end up with an ulcer, where it is the acid is essentially eaten away that protective lining of the stomach, and we have pain. So you, people might have, some individuals may have pain in their stomach, which could be a sign of an early ulcer. When it got to this point, I would say one of two things, either has an infection so bad that he needs pretty aggressive treatment or that it got to a point where it actually eroded into a blood vessel and he lost some blood. I don't know, but those are the two extremes there. Once it's been identified, a lot of these are very easily treated. But if you have discomfort in the stomach, a burning sensation, please get into the doctor. There's simple tests they can do, and the treatment for it will protect you from other long-term issues and bigger issues. And uh, are, are there things that uh, you can do if you think that you may have them to ease the pain, to try to uh, speed up the healing, foods you can eat? Uh, I know people, you know, pop Tums and other antacids like crazy when they start to feel some uh, uh, stomach uh, issues. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you kind of picked on it right there. You know, Tums are one thing that we take, right? It's a it's a, a bicarbonate. It, it'll neutralize the acid and kind of take away the discomfort right away. Individuals who have this for a long time, 
if you remember going back a long time ago, medications like Prilosec and Prevacid, and those those were medications you had to have a prescription for an hour over the counter because we know they're so safe and we don't want people to wait to get in to see a doctor if they have these symptoms. So some of those medications will decrease the amount of acid that's produced or block the production of them, and some will also neutralize the acid. But certainly if you're having discomfort there, um, at least get in to talk to your doctor. As far as foods, you know, certainly staying away from fried foods, which cause increased production of acid because the body says, I need more acid to break this food down, uh, will certainly be one, stay away from those foods and really go back to as bland as food as you possibly can. Yeah, and and beverage uh, as well, right? Even uh, carbonated beverages can exacerbate the problem. Absolutely. Carbonated beverages are very acidic as well. So you put acid on top of an acid, that's not going to be good. Um, And certainly we're going to look at the alcohol, which causes inflammation of the lining of the stomach already. So now that just makes it more prime for the acid to do damage on a part of your body that's inflamed when it doesn't need to be. So tobacco and alcohol, we know, causes inflammation inflammation in the stomach. Couple that with acid production, any stress, and boy, you're just setting yourself up for an ulcer. Yeah, coffee, uh, caffeinated yep. uh, teas, all that sort of exactly. thing. Find, yep, your, find exactly. yourself some Sanka. Find yourself some nice Sanka. <laughs> do they even still make that Sanka? I don't know, I don't know if they do. Uh, fall allergy season uh, is here. Uh, what should people be doing? Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting as we're looking at this and we're saying, oh, boy, the temperature changed today. You know, it's been cool the last couple of days. And we have to remember that when those things happen, all of a sudden we go, oh, wait a second, it's fall. And ragweed season has certainly kicked in. It kicked in a couple weeks ago, actually. I mean, last uh, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, we had a pollen count of 10.4. Now, that's on a 0 to 12 scale. So we know that ragweed is really out there right now. So individuals who are looking at it going, is it COVID? Is it allergies? You know, look for other signs and symptoms, you know, fever, body aches with COVID, certainly not with allergies. But know that there's medications out there that can help that. So certainly getting on the, you know, the Zyrtec or the Allegra for those of you who have fall allergies, I would say take it now. Uh, It's probably only going to get worse over the next couple of weeks. And we're already seeing very high counts. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Always a pleasure, and I appreciate you joining us. Enjoy this beautiful day. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. Getting our A-list interview in early. We have an abbreviated show today to make room for Happen OB coming up at 1030. Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 opened in theaters. I gave it a Dean's List B+. Uh, The reviews, honestly, have been kind of mixed overall, but... Uh, I think a lot of the people who reviewed it negatively uh, didn't get the movie. The things that they write in their reviews, uh, in in many cases, uh, just tell me they they didn't get what this movie is about, which is about family and tradition, uh, and it's about the big, fat Greek uh, wedding family that we met, believe it or not, over 20 years ago with Neo Vardalos and uh, John Corbett. Now the late Michael Constantine, the father uh, in the movie. The premise uh, in this movie is that uh, the father has passed away. One of his final wishes is that the family return to his village in Greece to return a journal that uh, he had kept through the years. So it's the American Greeks, the American big fat Greek family, meeting the old country Greek family. Um, and, you know, being of Greek descent, I found the movie, as I keep saying about this movie, it's like a documentary about my family more than a romantic comedy. I gave it a Dean's List B+. See it and make up uh, your own mind. Uh, because the uh, cast is not doing interviews because of the actor strike, we went back to my uh, conversations with the stars of the movie in the first place, Nia Vardalos and John Corbett. We sat down with him for my big fat Greek wedding too. Certainly for me, certainly for me, uh, being associated with this movie. Uh, but I was already kind of famous. It, yeah, life changing for her, definitely. You know what John said? You gave me very good advice. You said, um, "Get ready, it's going to happen." I was like, "What are you talking about?" I thought we were going to be shown in church basements around America, <laughs> and I would have been happy with that. And then John said, "Get ready, things are going to change for you, and there's no day off." 
from being a known person. Yeah. And that really is true because when I'm going to get my newspaper in my neighborhood, that's when people would come up to me and be like, when's the sequel? Right. I was like, oh my God, right. I'm working on it. Right. And honestly, that's the only reason that you did the sequel. So we would all stop badgering you for the last <laughs> however many years, 10, 12 years it's been. Do you know why now? I'll tell you the truth. I, I had written at the end of the first movie that Tula and Ian were parents. And in reality, I was in a very private struggle to become a mom. Right. But then I did become a mom and so happy. But I still thought, I, I just didn't want to do the sequel. Yeah. I just wasn't ready. But on my daughter's first day of kindergarten, somebody said something that made my throat close. <laughs> she said, just think. In 13 years, they'll go off to college and leave us. And I was like, <laughs> What? And the, the panic that I felt made me realize that I've morphed into my own suffocating Greek parents. Yeah. But it was probably like a waterfall, though, right? That you, you thought to yourself, this is the sequel that's happening, I would think, right? Uh, I, I, the feeling felt right that I knew what to write for our characters. Plus, you know, we hang out so much. We've become friends. <laughs> John Corbett's my friend. <laughs> He's famous, you know. He's famous. He's my friend. Um, But yeah, we hang out, and and it just had never, ever occurred to me what it would be. I always wondered where would we be in our lives. But in that moment, when that woman said that about our our kids going away to school and the suffocating feeling I felt, that's when I realized it's not a question of do we become our parents, it's when do we become our parents. When do we become our parents? Nia Vardalos and John Corbett, they're talking about my big freak requiting two. Uh, that's the other thing that really struck me about this third movie. It's about the evolution of life. Uh, in the movie, Lainey Kazan, who plays uh, Nia Vardalos' mom in the movie, uh, is uh, it, it's kind of a weird subplot because this movie is so light and bubbly. But uh, Lainey Kazan's character, Maria uh, Portocalos, uh, has like Alzheimer's or dementia. They don't exactly explain it, but she has a loss of memory. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, the, and the father has passed away in the movie. Uh, Michael Constantine in, re- in real life, Constantine has really uh, passed away. So it's it's like all of our families. When somebody passes away, the younger generation becomes the become the senior members of the family. That's also what this movie is about that I think a lot of reviewers missed uh, in this. Uh, who steals the movie? It's Andrea Martin, as always, who plays uh, Aunt Vula in the movie. Uh, we also sat down with her uh, several years ago. And also Joey Fatone, who uh, is uh, Andrea Martin's son in the movie. He's also a part of the third film as well. And, uh, well, this is uh, from 2016. Yes, God bless you. I was just saying how much I love Chicago. You've been so kind to me. It's been like a special city to you, hasn't it? It has been. Well, you know, Second City, you know, and um, they had a terrible fire there. My career started with uh, with Second City, so, of course, I have great affection for it. And Andrew Alexander runs it. I love Chicago. It's a good city. Yeah. You have Chicago stories, Joe? I I love Chicago. I've been to Chicago many times, obviously, on tour. Uh, I shot a movie called On the Line that was... Uh, set in Chicago. Oh, yeah. um, it, it's it's always it's a great town. It's I think it's like more of the cleaner New York. I would say that's a good. You know way what I mean? It. It's just it's like a, a lot more. If if Pleasantville and New York mesh together, <laughs> if they got married, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it would yeah. be like. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's I love it. It's great. So what's what's the difference for you guys shooting this one as opposed to the first Greek one? We're older. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we all uh, are. The size of my dress. I think in terms of tone, nothing. I really. The whole yeah. I think from when we, even when we just shot, just the way we, I, pre- uh, the way the think presented it, it was kind of. Yeah. It was almost like both movies should just go back to back as far as even shooting. Yeah. It was almost like time never you know passed for us. I think. Yeah. Even though it has been fifteen years. But it was just like it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think we, we really enjoyed. I think we really enjoyed it this time too, because we didn't think about the pressure. I think. Is yeah. what was going oh, on. I think so, and I would think that there has to be some kind of shorthand between everybody now, right? Because mm-hmm. like you know each other, you know these characters. I think that's right. Are so familiar to people, yeah. to all of you, but certainly to all of us as well. Yes. 
I think. I think yeah. I think for me it was a little interesting because obviously there was a little more a little more air time for me. Yeah. As far as not hitting the one funny liners and yeah. joking around with, uh, yeah. with my cousin. Yeah. So it has kind of a little bit of a, a, a arc, story. An arc, as they call an it. Arc, yes. Yeah. It's a little bit of a storyline for yeah. me, you know. So it's kind of exciting, kind of know, kind of that I'm the go-to for different things, whether you need, you know, yeah, tuxedos yeah. Or, or steaks. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad to see so many more Andrewisms. Oh yeah. And stories. Good. What a fantastic character this Fabulous is. Fabulous character. Right? I love that character. If you ain't nominated for anything, I'm just gonna break crap. You what? <laughs> I break crap. You're nominated for something. Oh. I'm just gonna start breaking. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow. Uh, this is my boy. He's my boy. He's my boy. You know, I have a one-woman show, and I do Aunt Vula occasionally in it. And um, it's so much better to be involved with everybody. It's so weird to come out and do Aunt Vula. So what? Now I'm a stand-up? It's crazy. But, you know, she's such like a colorful. little all of a sudden. Good. All of a sudden, I'm out with a wig. But, you know, she's such a colorful character, yeah. and I know that people like her. So I occasionally come out and... Um, come out as Aunt Vula on stage well, by myself. I love her so much. <laughs> Andrea Martin, uh, she's great in this movie, steals the movie as far as I'm concerned. I enjoyed it. I laughed out loud. I had a big smile on my face throughout. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 is in theaters now. Uh, it's rated PG-13. So, Shwani, since uh, the show is uh, over early today, because Hamp and OB are coming on at 10.30, uh, you and I, let's go over to the new casino. <laughs> Quite Do you know a, they uh, open at 8 o'clock in the morning? They were open at 8 yesterday morning. We were uh, covering that as it happened yesterday morning, and that will be the case now seven days a week. 8 a.m. until 4 a.m. A.m., yeah. That means the cleaning crew has four hours to uh, vacuum and clean, dust. Clean all the cigarette butts out of the... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want us to do. I want us to start smoking. No. Go back no. over there. Go over no. there. Cigarette dangling out of our mouth. <laughs> Come on. Come on, baby. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. shoes. <laughs> It'd be fun. Have some gin and tonics at 8 o'clock in the morning. That's good living right there. Chicago Symphony Orchestra version. Because we're classy like that. And the chorus. And the chorus. Andy's suiting up right now. <laughs> I don't mean uh, like football uh, gear. I mean, he puts on like uh, what sumo wrestlers wear <laughs> when he's on with Tampa OB <laughs> to moderate the fight that will take place. Uh, Hampton OB return, 10.30 this morning. We'll look forward uh, to that. I was going to get his uh, prediction on the game. Shawnee, you don't have a prediction, uh, do you? No. I don't uh, mean, the, I, all I know is that the Bears and Green Bay are playing. Yeah, that's me too. And, uh, but you know what? Producer Jack. It is a, the oldest rivalry in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I we, learned this from Andy. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. We all know that. But producer Jack is the only one here wearing Bears uh, apparel. Prepping. Yeah. So uh, what is your prediction for you and your uh, Justin Field jersey that you're wearing today? Uh, I, I like the Bears. I like the Bears. 27-14. 27-14. That's the lock it in. That's the that's the score. Why Now, why are you picking that? Why do you say 27-14? Because uh, I like what the Bears did, like Andy was saying, with the weapons around fields and... Aaron Rodgers is gone, and their top receiver's out, so I like the Bears today. Okay. All right. This could be a whole new era, right, between the Bears yeah. and Packers? Yeah. I mean, Rodgers is gone. They went far up the Rodgers, and now it's Jordan Love and Green Bay, so yeah. hopefully it's not three <laughs> Hall of Famers in a row for the Bears' sake. What did you pay for that jersey? Uh, I think I got it for my birthday. Oh, oh well, that's nice. Yeah. So, Nothing. <laughs> Shwani, do you own a sports uh, a football jersey? Do I don't have Bears a jersey. Or? I've got a Bears hat, uh, you know, a stocking cap, a winter stocking cap I think I with the Bears. You have a Bears baseball hat. Yeah, a Bears baseball hat. Wouldn't be hat. a baseball hat. I've got a lot of Cubs stuff. We'll have to go shopping. <laughs> Get you guys geared up. I don't know if you noticed that Shwani and I are both wearing shoulder pads today. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I do just because the shirt is from the 80s, and they all had shoulder pads <laughs> So I got a text this morning from my friend John, 
who is on vacation in Poland uh, right now. And he sent me a picture of a billboard for a real estate firm. You know, it would be like Baird and Warner or Century 21 or, you know, something like that. You know what the real estate company in Poland is called? WGN. WGN. <laughs> Does it stand for anything? I don't know. I can't read one thing on this billboard. <laughs> I have no idea. Hmm. I don't even know how to pronounce these words, too. Czesik Zibko. That's good enough. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think we ought to sue him or something, don't you? <laughs> Can we do that? Can we sue that? I don't think we can do that. I'm pretty sure we were around before they were. Well, maybe, but two very, very different things. A radio station and a real estate firm. So I posted this. I posted the picture on uh, the Facebook this mm-hmm. morning. And several people uh, responded with their own pictures of WG- WGN real estate offices or WGN vehicles. I guess what the real estate agents there must use right you know to get around poland but how about that you learn something new. i'm gonna have to check this out i know that would be cool though to be uh like go on a a real estate uh you know to to go and look for uh you know you're, you're looking at a house and the real estate guy pulls up Oh, it's also polka music season here on the show. I love that. 1014 Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. Take those warm days while we can. Hopefully we're going to have a nice, beautiful day on Saturday, September 30th for the annual AIDS Run and Walk. You know that we have uh, been sponsors of it for years and years, decades really, uh, even before I came here to WGN, 29 years ago this week, by the way, uh, we were sponsors of the uh, AIDS Run and Walk. It continues. The fight continues. John Peller is the president and CEO of the AIDS Foundation of Chicago, the beneficiary group for the Run and Walk. Hello there, my friend. How are you? Hey, good morning, Dean. How are you? Doing very, very well. Looking forward to uh, being out there with uh, all of you again this year for the uh, AIDS Run and Walk. Kind of bring us up to date on uh, where we are with all of this, because, you know, the nature of the fight against AIDS has changed so much through the years. Absolutely, Dean. And thank you so much for your incredible leadership uh, and for just showing up and being such an integral part of AIDS Run Walk uh, for so many years. Uh, so there's uh, today about 36,000 uh, people living with HIV in Illinois, about 20,000 living with HIV in Chicago, and about uh, 1.1 million in the United States. And while there's some great news about HIV, uh, we still have a lot of challenges. Uh, and so some of that great news is that uh, when people living with HIV are on uh, treatment, they can live near normal lifespans. And when that treatment is working, they can't transmit HIV to their partners. Uh, and so that's why it's so critical for us to uh, invest in HIV testing so that people can find out their status and uh, get into uh, treatment. Uh, but also the AIDS Foundation is uh, involved in advocacy and awareness, uh, you know, working to make sure that people can get proper health care as well. Something which is uh, so important in these days where uh, health care is becoming cost prohibitive for people. It really is. And uh, so we've been working hard uh, both uh, in Springfield over the decades uh, and uh, in uh, and today to make sure that there's uh, effective resources so that people living with HIV can uh, get free medications. Uh, one of the services that we're providing great leadership on is around housing for low-income people living with HIV because we know that when uh, people who are HIV positive are homeless or facing unstable housing, they can't keep up with their medications. Uh, and that 
leads to them becoming really sick and uh, unstable. And so that's why we're providing about uh, housing to about a thousand people living with HIV every month. Just one of the many services that we provide at AIDS Foundation Chicago. Yeah, people have talked about how the uh, nature of HIV and AIDS has changed through the years. Your your work, your leadership, and your advocacy and uh, those of AIDS Foundation has expanded to get into more corners of the city and suburbs, has it not, with, uh, you know, helping people uh, who uh, may be affected by this? Absolutely. We are uh, providing services across the Chicago region. And one of the amazing things about AIDS Run Walk is that it benefits about 30 organizations that are providing HIV services uh, in Chicago and uh, the suburbs. So uh, we, uh, uh, one of the organizations is Open Door Clinic out in Aurora and Elgin, uh, Lake County Health Department uh, up in the, the in, in Waukegan, uh, and uh, organizations like Christian Community Health Center down in the south suburbs uh, are just some of the organizations that benefit from uh, AIDS Run Walk Chicago. Yeah, let's talk a little about uh, the actual run and walk itself. It's uh, Saturday, September 30th. If people want to get more info, you can go to AIDSChicago.org, and there's a link to uh, get to the uh, run and walk page. It's such a feeling of community and uh, brotherhood and sisterhood uh, every year. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things that brings me back every year, this uh, feeling of inclusiveness and caring for one another uh, that you feel when you're out, out in front of Soldier Field, you know, standing out in the field waiting for the walk to begin and along the walk route itself. Uh, it, it's it's quite a special feeling out there. It is, it is. And uh, we are really um, thrilled to have some wonderful corporate teams uh, from Chicago, and some of them are bringing their corporate resources to bear, too, like McDonald's is going to be providing breakfast. Uh, we're going to have the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, which <laughs> is, of course, always iconic and, and delicious. Uh, so it, it really is a way for corporations uh, to build community within uh, their teams and also show their support uh, for AIDS Foundation Chicago, our amazing partners and people living with HIV. Yeah. And folks can learn more at AIDSRunWalk.org. AIDSRunWalk.org. Okay, we'll take you That's right. uh, the, That's the website. directly yep. to the spot where you need to be. Um, it's always uh, a special event. There's, you know, we have the opening ceremonies. There's uh, usually some entertainment, uh, usually some very inspiring speeches. What do we have planned for that day so far? Uh, we're expecting uh, the mayor, which will be terrific. It'll be his uh, first AIDS run walk, and so great to see him there. Uh, and then um, Congressman uh, Mike Quigley is always thrilled to uh, help me kick off the run and walk and uh, and and uh, honk the starting horn. So yeah. that's always a that's quite a, a, a let me let me moment let me just see. say as uh, somebody else who's on that uh, starting platform with you guys. Uh, the comedy team of Congressman Quigley and John Peller, uh, you know, run, uh, uh, Richards. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's mostly you two. You guys are, you know, like you go to Vegas with your uh, comedy act that you guys do, uh, encouraging the runners and you know getting people started and going. Uh, it's uh, hilarious. I am going to try to keep that uh, horn uh, that we used to start the race away from Mike Quigley. Uh, he likes bl- blowing it off a little bit uh, too much to the despair of my left ear. Yes, and uh, and his dad jokes are uh, are, are pretty fierce. <laughs> his, but, uh, he is, but always, always he is full of dad jokes. <laughs> yes, that's very true. I forgot about that. Forgot about that. Yep. Uh, it's uh, it's always uh, quite an event. Uh, what what else uh, do we need to know, John, about where we are right now in the fight against HIV and AIDS? So uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm so excited about for uh, this year's uh, AIDS Run Walk is the theme, which is show up and show out. And it is uh, really, I think, so apt because it's uh, in sending the message that we need to be here for each other and we need to uh, be present and support each other. 
and be our authentic selves at a time when um, people who are LGBTQ are really under attack across the country. And uh, when people who are uh, gay and lesbian uh, or transgender can't be their authentic selves, uh, they really can't engage in healthcare in the way that is going to be best for them. And that includes things like HIV testing uh, and uh, showing up and getting onto HIV treatment or PrEP, which is the medication that uh, is almost uh, over 99% effective at preventing HIV. So it's really critical. And I, I think it's such a important and excellent theme for this year's event. Yeah, that's a, you know part of what I'm talking about of this spirit of brotherhood and sisterhood uh, and inclusiveness uh, in this time in which that is not the case in many parts of the country uh, where, you know, people are not, uh, you know, welcomed for their authentic selves, as you put it. Uh, this this is an event which is a has become a very mainstream event. Uh, there are people of all ages, all backgrounds, all everything who are participating here. Uh, some walking uh, in memory of people that they've lost, but uh, many people uh, from the corporate world, as you say, who just want to help out and uh, you know do something nice for their fellow human beings. That's really uh, you know part of what this walk has become. This run walk. It it really is about uh, building community and supporting each other, and that's one of the. Uh, amazing things about the event, uh, and um, we we really appreciate the uh, usually about twenty five hundred people who are out there running and uh, walking. There is a five um, k walk, a ten uh, k run, or a five k run. So uh, really, something for everyone. Yeah, it's uh, it's terrific. Let's get all the uh, information. Uh, out there so uh, it's not too late if you'd like to come out and join us I'll be out there and we'll so many others look forward to seeing you it's Saturday September 30th what else do we need to know John Uh, folks can learn more at aidsrunwalk.org and as you said Dean Saturday September 30th the run and walk kickoff at about 1035 uh, a.m. and uh, the opening ceremonies start around 9 or 9.15, and then we'll, we will be out there until about 12 or 1. Uh, all we need is beautiful weather, lots of folks there, and, of course, great donations. And if folks want to support the event, you can donate at AIDSRunWalk.org. Very good. And the comedy team of Congressman Mike Quigley and John Peller will be performing uh, as <laughs> the run walk <laughs> begins on the uh, start platform. <laughs> <laughs> tip your I'm tip your waiters tip your waiters for the comedy <laughs> show that you're going to get. Uh John, always good to talk to you. Look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, pal. Fantastic, Dean. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye. That's John Peller, president and CEO of the AIDS Foundation of Chicago. That's going to wind it up for us today. We're looking forward to Happen OB coming up next. And uh, we will see you tomorrow morning as always on uh, Bob Saracho between 8 and 8:30 course on the wgn tv morning news monday through friday tomorrow morning i'm going to be reviewing uh, little shop of horrors which is uh, just opened at the paramount theater in aurora i will review it both on bob's show here on radio and i'll show you some clips and review it on television i hope you have a great sunday everyone